Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Hello, my caregiver nation. I hope everybody's doing wonderful. It's the holiday season, and guess what? Christmas is just a couple of days away, and Kwanzaa as well, for those who observe that. And then the following week is going to be New Year's. So... Guess what, folks? This is my busy time of year. This is when people are coming home. They're seeing their family members for the first time in a long time. They are noticing that there's expired food in the refrigerator or that the person is wearing the same clothes that they wore the next day. Or they come to their home and it looks disheveled or... Their dogs and cats look either too skinny or too fat. You're wondering if your person is feeding themselves, if they are showering. We have a lot of questions that come up this time of year, and we try to figure out how we can deal with this. So the first thing I want you to be conscious of and thoughtful about is that you don't want to be confrontational with your person. If you walk in and you see any of the aforementioned issues going on, be as calm as you can and just take stock of the area. Look around the house. Has it been dusted lately? Has it been vacuumed lately? Is there food sitting around? Are the dishes not being done? Um, Do they not have anything in their cabinets or in their refrigerator? Are the cabinets being left open? Go into the next room and see if they have things piled up anywhere. You don't want any paperwork or anything like that piled up on a stove, especially an electric stove or a gas stove that could ignite. Um, The dining room area is everything piled on the table. It doesn't look like they're losing their mail. Do they have a specific place for their mail? See if you can go into their computer and check and see if they've been paying their bills or if they have any of it automated. These are things that we really need to pay attention to. Are they throwing out their garbage? What is the general condition of the house? Are there a dog or cat or any other animal feces around? Another thing you could do is go in and check the bathroom area and is it clean? We have to pay a lot of attention to the health and safety and wellness of our people and being able to go in and look at the conditions and and note whether or not they have done any cleaning at all. Uh, do they have a black toilet? Do they have a black or soiled bathtub? You know, what's going on? And then go into their room and see if in their bedroom, is it clean? Is it tidy? Do their sheets need to be washed? 
what kind of things can you do to improve their their area? Do they have fresh towels in the bathroom and things like that? And as gently and as kindly as you can, I would love to see you go into a situation with them where you can talk about it and say, hey, is there some things I can help you with while I'm home for the holidays? Can I do some wash for you? It looks like maybe you know, some things haven't been done. Don't just go in as a bulldozer and start, you know, removing things from the house or washing things on your own. Always ask for that person's input as they are uh, worried probably and, and feeling that you may be judgmental and noting some of their cognitive impairment and memory loss and, and the condition of their home. So it's really important that you look at, at the situation and, and deal with it as kindly and compassionately as you can and to look, look at it from a pragmatic standpoint of, I can do this, I shouldn't do that. Manage your own emotions. Don't just go gangbusters against your person and make them feel like, you don't appreciate their abilities anymore or what they're doing. It's very, very difficult and it is emotional and it is troublesome when we are realizing how a person has been living since the last time we saw them and and how they are able to now care for themselves. And you may find this devastating, but if you need to spout about it, do it when you're out of the house, not in front of them. And go and talk to maybe some family members or a friend and calm yourself and make a plan of how you're going to gently communicate the issues that you have seen with the person with the diagnosis. And make it a strategy that you need to work through so that you can give them as much kindness and compassion as you can. Nobody wants to be judged. You wouldn't want to be judged. You want to make sure that you're thinking about how it would be if you were walking, you know, five miles in their shoes. And these aren't the only things, just the household things are not the only things that you will see. You need to pay attention to whether or not they have voice messages that say, so-and-so, you did not show up for your last appointment, and you're now going to have to pay for that. Stop and ask them if there's anything that they're feeling anxious about or anything that they need help with. And... When you have had time to sit and process all of this and can make a concerted effort of how you're going to focus the communication, when you see them next, you can maybe approach it and say, could you tell me if you're having any memory issues right now? Are there any problems that you're having with your thought process that I could help you with. I promise I won't sit in judgment of you. I won't be critical if you share with me what's going on. If they say no, then you can gently say, there's a few things I've noticed 
recently. So maybe we could talk about those things. But what you don't want to do is start an argument with them or be critical of them. Put your thought process together. Make your mental notes or your written notes and then decide what you want to address. That's going to make the communication so much easier than having them feel like you don't love them or you think that they've become a terrible person or that they've changed their personality, so on and so forth. So we do see a lot of this at the holidays. And, you know, if you see them at someone else's home um, and you see that they are talking incessantly and the, and the conversation isn't making any sense, it's lacking intellectual prowess, that it's, that it's really not a conversation that makes wholehearted sense. These are things that, again, you can make note of and say, my mom or dad or sister, whoever it is, never used to talk 90 miles an hour like this. They seem like they've had some personality changes. They are becoming more reclusive. They get up and walk out of the room when we're having conversations. Try to note as much of this as you possibly can so that if you end up deciding with other family members or on your own or whatever that looks like to address it through a neurologist, you have better information to give them. You could quietly, secretly take pictures of their home, of the things that you saw there. You could record them talking to family members um, and the way they are interacting with people and do it in a way that is non-confrontational, um, and and try to try to get it like you're just taking a picture of somebody or you're just you just happen to be holding your phone or or whatever that is so that when you make an appointment with a neurologist you have as much information as you possibly can and you have good information to give them so that they're able to make a good diagnosis when that time comes and chances are every neurologist in the country is overwhelmed because just of the vast number of people who are coming through their offices and trying to find out what's wrong with them or with their loved ones, that it's very hard to get an appointment. So if you're noticing any issues at this time, it may take you five to six months to get in with a doctor. And over those next couple months, either come back or have someone else check in on your loved one and give you updates on those specific things that you saw when you were home. All this will help to put a very comprehensive thought process together, create a good diagnosis of what's going on, and then give you all the information you need so that then you can research the information about what diagnosis comes with it and what you need to do to 
make your loved one comfortable, safe, healthy, and happy. So in a minute, we're going to take a short break. I'm only doing a half hour show today because it's the holidays and you guys might not want to sit and listen for an hour. But um, I will be right back with a little bit more information about what you will do if you come home for the holidays and you realize things something's really wrong and there's now a presentation of symptoms that you need to address. We will be right back. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988 to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so again, this is just a half-hour show today because it's the Christmas season It is now the 21st of December, and you are probably at home visiting with family that you haven't seen for a while, or family's coming in and they're visiting with a person that that, um, you see day in and day out, but other family members haven't, and we're seeing presentations of symptoms. So what do we do? If you are the main caregiver and you are always there with that person, you may not have noticed some of the maybe trajectory of um, them being on on a plateau for a long time and then taking a drop. When we're in it day in and day out, we don't always see the changes in the person's personality. We don't always see the changes in their cognitive ability, and we don't always see the changes in their memory loss. And sometimes it takes a step back for us to leave for a little bit and come back or see it through someone else's eyes. So when family members are coming in and they're, they're saying they're noticing this and everything else, Don't take it too hard if they are harsh about it, because honestly, when you're in the the inner realm all the time, we can't possibly see the changes that happen as rapidly as somebody else that isn't there often. And so try to take it as constructive information. Try not to get too mad about it, but um, listen to what other people are saying and then come together as a team to try to figure out what you're going to do and be open to 
listening to the thoughts of other people. So often we get denial about, oh, no, mom just didn't hear you because uh, her hearing aid wasn't on or she just wasn't focused when you were talking to her or something like that. And it is uh, often a point of contention with families when they're trying to have a conversation about the things that they see and some of the folks are in denial about it. If that person has had significant changes or any of, things that, any of the things that I mentioned in the first half of this conversation, there probably is something going on. And that would make a good platform to begin having a, a good, solid conversation about what you need to do to help that person. So I think there's a lot of things that we can do as a jumping off point or starting point when you start noticing whether you have a good support group around you or you're just on your own. One of the first things to do is, of course, call and try and get an appointment with a neurologist. Your regular family practitioner probably isn't going to be able to diagnose quite as accurately as a neurologist would. And if you can do that, I wholeheartedly hope that you will make an appointment. And if you can, get on a waiting list so that you can get uh, moved up on the list if somebody cancels. Take a list of all the things I was just talking about and uh, make sure you have all that information for the neurologist. Once you have a diagnosis, you can do a lot of things. You can go on um, the internet and look information up. I always offer that you can go on Summit Resilience Training, uh, my website, and I have 45 bits of information on my Knowledge Center that can help you and can help you understand what each one of these uh, dementias mean. I talk about vascular dementia. I talk about Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, frontal temporal, and um, Lewy body. So you can learn information there. If it's taking the car keys away, I've got information about that. There's so many things that can come up at the holidays that are, are just uh, seemingly overwhelming, but there is information out there for you. And utilize the resources of your community. Find your local Alzheimer's Association and work with them with lists of doctors in the area, lawyers in the area, um, social workers in the area, psychologists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, whatever it is that you need and get that information and start moving forward with knowledge instead of just shooting from the hip and trying to guess how you will work with your person. It makes it so much easier when you have some techniques that you can utilize, um, like the ones I preach all the time. When you walk into a room, know that you own that space and that you set the emotional tone every time you are with a person. Um, ask yes or no questions if they're having trouble comprehending, co comprehending what you're saying. Um, try to omit uh, any open-ended questions like, what do you want for dinner? Offer some choices, one or two things, or say, would you prefer a hamburger or a cup of soup? That's a yes or no question. Um, always add more time so you can have more patience 
when you are talking with them or trying to get them ready to go out the door. This is the time when we're trying to get to somebody's house on time for dinner. We're trying to get to somebody's house for the Christmas celebration. We're trying to go to church. And you cannot rush a person with any type of dementia. If it if it would have just been 15, 20 minutes or you say, I'm going to come over and pick you up at 10 o'clock, I guarantee you better show up at 9 and just say, I thought just thought I'd come early and we could visit for a little bit before we had to go. And you can help them with reminders to get into the shower or to wear the appropriate clothes and remind them that you're going to church or wherever it is you're going and have a little bit of added time built in so that we're not rushing that person, we're not making it difficult for them, um, because if they feel anxious, they're going to shut down, they're going to be angry, they're going to present uh, personality changes that you're not used to seeing, and it isn't going to bode well for you. And try as hard as you can to manage your own emotions. If you notice these things and they're emotional and they're devastating, go sit in your car and cry. Don't cry in front of that person and don't make it a bigger problem for them. Because if you do, all it's going to do is make them feel like they are a burden to you and they have probably tried very hard not to share with you the symptoms that they're having. And if they feel like you are super worried about them or anything like that, they may try to hide things from you. They won't be as open with you. So as calm and as compassionate you can be, that's how I want you to address any situation. Make notes to yourself, listen to the things I'm talking to you about right now, and make sure that you are proactive and not reactive, that you, that you provide actions and not reactions to what they are saying. Please don't argue with them or if they are talking about something and the conversation isn't right and it's adding to your suspicion that, that um, there are some serious symptoms going on you need to address, don't correct them. Don't tell them they are wrong. Don't tell them that they've repeated themselves. It will not bode well for you. Just listen, observe, make notes, and then again, go to a list that maybe you have gotten through your local Alzheimer's Association and contact your local neurologist to try to see what's going on. You can't solve everything in a day, so don't make a, a, a mountain out of a molehill. I guarantee you that if they are having memory or cognitive issues, it's going to progress and it's going to get worse over time. You are going to have some time to work with it. So try to get in with a support group as fast as you can. Uh, try to um, really educate yourself and utilize resources and get their affairs in order as quickly as you can. One of the first things that we see, and it's almost always, is an exorbitant amount of them spending money. So checking on their finances and making sure they're not buying a lot of things they don't need or 
giving too much money to charities and things like that when they don't have food in their refrigerator are all super important things. Be in control. Stop and breathe. There's going to be thousands, if not millions, of people out there who are going to be home for the holidays and see symptoms like this. Don't panic. Work through it as best you can. Try as hard as you can to maintain calm and guidance and love. And if you are struggling with that person with the holiday season, getting up and walking out of the room or not wanting to be involved in conversation, again, as I've always said, go down memory lane with them. Talk about days of old. Talk about times in the past and Christmases past and holidays past and things like that and steer the conversation away from recent conversation. Okay? It's difficult, people. I know. And I will get a lot of calls and letters. If you need help, you can email me at jill at srthelp.com or you can call my office between the hours of 8 and 5, Monday through Friday at 303-420-6988. And just know that I care and I will help you as much as I can. And visit my website, summitresiliencetraining.com, and listen to these podcasts. I have four years of them. And listen to some strategies and techniques on what to do next. I love you all. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever it is, however you celebrate. I'll see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.